0: Sentai, a podcast for taking a look back at the Power Rangers and the Japanese series that gave it its inspiration of footage, Super Sentai. I'm John McDonough.
1: And I'm Natalie Bridgman.
0: You can support the show by going to patreon.com slash teach me sentai. Natalie, before we dive into our usual episode, something happened the very day we're recording that we feel like we should talk about. Content warning: There's some heavy topics, including mentions of suicide. Skip forward a couple of minutes if you need to. But it's breaking news as of today. Uh, Jason David Frank, who plays Tommy in many, many Power Rangers series, has died by suicide and it is super sad.
1: Yeah, it's really quite heartbreaking. He was so iconic and obviously very beloved. So it's really frustrating and sad to hear.
0: Yeah, um, it's, it's almost a shame that he will not be appearing in today's episode. But we will obviously, as we continue through the series, see him all the time. <laughs> and his great work as this character, who I think was so foundational to the series and what it became. And so we certainly send love and all those things to his family. And what a tragedy.
1: Absolutely. And um, I think we can all use this time, so... If you know anybody who is struggling with those kind of um, thoughts as well, definitely use this as a time to reach out. And um, if you, listener, are struggling with thoughts of depression or suicide, uh, just know that pretty much everyone would be happier if you stayed in the world with us. Just absolutely. full stop. So. Yes.
0: Okay. So now that we have that, I don't want to say out of the way. That sounds so heartless. But now that we have...
1: We've addressed it. Yeah.
0: We've addressed it. We want to touch on it. We're going to move on to our episode. Natalie, what are we doing today?
1: Today we're back to our standard two and two format as we race towards the end of the Azure Ranger finale. It's Ranger episodes 43 and 44 and Mighty Morphin Power Ranger episodes 36 and 37.
0: Yeah, a little bit of a shake up in both series as our Green Ranger is gone. Definitely more mentioned in one series than the other. (laughs) But (laughs) the only really previously on is to know that the respective Red Rangers have the Dragon Shield and dragon dagger slash jusoken available to them and we'll use them in this episode other than that it's kind of back to where we started we'll talk about it yeah let's dive in let's go kill Sentai sentai's ranger episode 43 live again jusoken Tokyo is being hit with a series of earthquakes, and the Jiranger think it's a rampaging Dragon Caesar. The mecha is destroying power lines, and the Sentai worry that Barai's death has made it uncontrollable. They bring in the other Guardian Beast to try and subdue him, and just in the nick of time because Dora and Teus emerges from the ground. That's why Dragon Caesar was so agitated. Caesar restrains the monster so that the others can take it out. The team thanks the Guardian Beast, playfully arguing about who was the MVP of the fight. And it makes Dragon Caesar sad. He sulks away before they can thank him. On the moon, Bandora reveals that this is all part of her plan. The pieces of her monster are reforming themselves. Dragon Caesar hears Zusokan and thinks Barai has returned and is sad to realize it's just Geki. And Geki's there with some tough love. Barai has gone and Caesar needs to accept it. Bandora loves this. Dragon Caesar's sadness makes him susceptible to her magic. Meanwhile, Dorian Tejas is back and rampaging through Tokyo. The team shows up in Daijushin and realizes that the monster has a new armor where they hit it in the previous fight. Lammy explains that he can absorb the power of blows turned against him. He's unbeatable. They're getting wrecked, so Geki tries calling in Dragon Caesar, but Bandora's magic is restraining him. They use the god horn to get away from the monster, but that just makes Dorian Tears stronger. They have no choice to but destroy it with a Super Legend lightning cut, even though they know it will just make it even more powerful. But wait, Dragon Caesar's here. He fought through the magic to join his allies, and when the monster reforms, Geki realizes that his heart is what reforms him after defeats, and if they can destroy it, the monster will be gone for good. They ask Dragon Caesar to restrain the monster, but he can't. So Geki jumps in the mouth to fight the heart face to face. Face to heart? You get it. The heart is a monster all of its own and defends itself. Dragon Caesar tries to resist Pandora's magic, and when he hears Geki playing Shusokin from inside the beast, he's inspired again. Barai lives on in all of them. Geki summons the dragon shield, which frees the dragon from the spell. Dragon Caesar uses his tail to pull Geki and the heart out of Doranteus, and Geki uses his own sword and Shusokin together to destroy it. They form Ultimate Dajujun and finish the job. The team apologizes to Dragon Caesar for not making it clear how much they depend on him, and their alliance is stronger than ever.
1: Episode 44, Japan's Best Swordswoman. Talented and famous people across the city are being sucked into a whirlwind and disappeared. The culprit, Dora Chimera. They're going to kidnap anyone who is idolized by children so that they lose their will to live. Meanwhile, on a bus... A young woman named Sayaka makes an asshole give up his seat for an older woman. She takes no bullshit and why should she? She's a kendo master. Unfortunately, she's also Dora Chimera's next target. But with her expert senses, she is able to resist the attack. She fights the monster and Goshi shows up to back her up. Goshi learns Dora Chimera is absorbing the powers of the people they capture. Goshi and Sayaka hop onto his bike and flee. Sayaka is not quite grateful for the help. She thinks she could have handled it on her own. She heads to her kendo class, where her students are worried about her. Goshi is hanging out nearby, certain she'll be targeted again. He keeps watch into the night. It starts raining, so Sayaka brings him an umbrella and tells him to leave her alone. She challenges him to a match. He has to be stronger than her if he wants to be her bodyguard. They plan to meet the next morning in the park, but that night, Bandora begins to work on a new plan. Goshi and Sayaka spar, as planned, but Sayaka is incredibly aggressive, and her bamboo sword keeps turning into a real one. She's been taken over by Dora Chimera and Bandora's magic. She straight up stabs Goshi in the shoulder. Goshi appeals to her love of her students, but it doesn't work. He catches her blade with his bare hands to give her more time to fight back. Sayaka resists and ejects Dora Chimera from her body, but Goshi is too wounded to put up a good fight. Luckily, the others show up. Bandura sends down some golems, and the fight is on. Meanwhile, Sayaka bandages Goshi's wounds. Goshi refuses to stay out of the fight. He transforms. The others are struggling. Dora Chimera is about to suck them all up and steal their powers too, but it's Goshi to the rescue. He axes the monster so hard it explodes. Bindora calls on them evil spirits to make him giant. The Sentai called Daijūjin. The giant monster causes a snowstorm that freezes the mecha but they spin around to free themselves and kill the beast with the godhorn. horn. Sayaka is safe, and she and the Sentai enjoy the gentle snow.
0: Mighty Morphin Power Rangers Season 1, Episode 36, Birds of a Feather. Sayaka's teaching a karate class. He does a kata with Cameron, a kid struggling with self-confidence. Bulk and Skull show up with their own student, Biff, who is actually quite good. Cameron is worried Biff will cheat in the contest this weekend and beat him, but Zack psychs him up. On the moon, Rita is launching a new plan. Her Hatchosaurus is going to stop the Dragon Sword and crush the Rangers. Creative. Surprise, it's the weekend now. Cameron is about to take the map when Zordon summons the Rangers to the command center. Zack tells Cameron he has to go, shaking his confidence. Zordon tells the team that Hatchosaurus is controlled by a quote, ultra-intelligent internal computer called Cardiatron, and they'll have to get inside and destroy it to win the day. It's morphin' time. The rangers hop in their dinosaurs and call in the Dragon Sword for an assist. They defeat the monster and don't even need to form the Megazord. But wait, they didn't destroy Cardiotron, so the monster reforms. They're going to need the Mega Dragon Sword, but wait again. Rita can easily stop the Dragon Sword with the spell. The rangers don't know that, though, so it's Morphin Time again. They hop in the Megazord, are getting their butt kicked for quite a while before calling in the Dragon Sword. It hobbles over. weakened can buy the spell. Plan B, they call in the Power Sword and slice the monster open, but Cardiotron quickly reassembles the beast. Jason decides the best course of action is jumping in the monster's mouth. He starts fighting Cardiotron, but it's very strong. Jason plays the Dragon Flute and summons the Dragon Shield, and that breaks the Dragon Sword out of his spell. It uses its drill tail to pull Jason and the Cardiotron out of the Hatchosaurus. Jason uses his Power Sword and the Dragon Dagger together to destroy it. They form the Ultra Sword and destroy Hatchasaurus as well. Back at the U-Center, Cameron has made it all the way to the finals. Zach apologizes for bailing, and Cameron instantly forgives him. Cameron wins. He and Biff are going to be friends, I bet. Apparently, the big takeaway is believe in yourself.
1: Episode 37, Cleanup Club. The students of Angel Grove are making a video for an assignment. Bulk and Skull are making a documentary about Bulk. He falls down. Trini presents her project about pollution in Angel Grove. Everyone is very concerned about the environment, so Trini wants to capture that energy in her new cleanup club to help tidy the town. Rita hates that, so she's sending in Polluticorn. At the cleanup club's first event, Jason and Zach use their karate to crush cans, and Billy and Kimberly prepare new recycling bins for the youth center. They head to the park to clean the frankly insane amounts of trash and do flips. Bulk decides to use their efforts for his film. He makes it look like he picked up all the trash. He falls down. Goldar sends down some putties to soften the Rangers up. They do a very long and involved unmoor fight, but just when they think they've won... The Paludicorn shows up. They morph. Goldar and Scorpina show up, but says, no thank you. He would like to fight alone. And he's kicking ass. The rangers teleport away from the fight into the command center. Billy figures out that the monster's power comes from its horn. Paludicorn is attacking the power plant, so they go back to the fight. This time, Paludicorn agrees to some help, so Jason takes it on alone while the others fight Goldar and Scorpina. Politicorn has the upper hand, but remembers it was in the middle of destroying the recycling plant, so has to finish that first. Yes, the type of plant just changed. Jason isn't going to let that happen. He summons the dragon shield and uses his double blades to cut off the Politicorn's horn. Rita makes it giant. Megazord time. They destroy the monster with the power sword. The rangers are back on the news, and the teens are back to recycling. Recycling, for some reason, involves stacking all the recyclables in the middle of the youth center. Bulk shows up to help, and he and Skull knock down all the stacks. The next day at school, Bulk and Skull present their video. Skull has made some really avant garde editing choices. They both end up looking very silly and falling down a lot.
0: All right, all right. We did it again. It's another classic mix of Zoo Ranger and Power Ranger. Zoo Ranger trying things and having about a 60% success rate, and Power Rangers doing God knows what.
1: I do think that as far as the Power Ranger episodes go, broad strokes, these aren't that bad.
0: No, I think one of them is really unstuck from reality, but still ends up being kind of entertaining. And I think the other one's actually pretty good. It's just silly. Right. But before we get there, we should talk about Ranger, which I will say, even going back through the synopsis of this first episode, in light of recent news, made me pretty sad.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's about grief.
0: Yes, I like that they take this time to sort of like, touch in on Bariah's gone, how is that going to change the team? And especially with Dragon Caesar, which I think they can get away with because Dragon Caesar is sentient in Ranger, kind of being this avenue for the team to, to process. I think it actually works pretty well.
1: Yeah, we get a lot of like Dragon Caesar's headspace in this episode, which like, Gave me questions about the Sentai and their relationship with their guardian beasts.
0: Absolutely. It's very central to this episode (laughs) and not quite clear.
1: No, it was like, because remember, they're gods. But also, like, it did kind of feel like they were pets. So it was kind of like a Digimon space. That's all I could really get to. It was very in a
0: Digimon space this episode. But, But if there was an episode of Digimon where, like, Yamato slash Matt died and Taiichi had to tell Gabumon to fight anyway.
1: Yeah, that would be like some really good fan fiction. I bet it's out there.
0: I bet it is. Uh, you know, if you ever mentioned something that would be a good fan fiction, you've created it somewhere on the internet. Yeah.
1: I just gotta find life. it. I gotta find it. It's on some old Geno site, site or whatever. Anyway.
0: We spend a lot of time with the individual Guardian Beasts in this first fight, which I always kind of like because I like seeing their different skills. Yeah. But I don't like it whenever they show them standing there because they're just like plastic toys and they look <laughs> so bad. They're very cheap plastic toys. <laughs> they do this kind of forced perspective shot where we see... The the five centaur like, thank you, Guardian Beast, and they're all sort of in a line and then Dragon Caesars in the background. And I believe the Dragon Caesar in the background is still man in suit. Yeah. So like he seems so alive <laughs> and the other Guardian Beasts seem like toys. And it's not great.
1: No, it's not good. I think anytime we spend a little bit too long lingering on these like Zord figures, it's bad.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's just, it's not, it's not the way to approach this. And, you know, the Zords mecha in this series go through a lot of transformations right now. They basically are mostly action figures, which with some of them being suits. Mm -hmm. Eventually they become CGI. (laughs) Eventually they become all sorts of things. But they just seem really, really lifeless right now.
1: But it is interesting because it does give us this kind of look into each ranger's relationship with their guardian beast.
0: Yes, which I love.
1: Yeah, it's good. It gives the impression that they have a relationship with their guardian beast, which I think up until this point, we really didn't have that.
0: Yeah, I was thinking about that one episode where Boy was running and he like... Gets some oh, yeah. inspiration from the Saber Tiger. But other than that, it does sort of feel... I think maybe there was a similar moment with May and the Pteranodon at some point. But like, we don't get to see them acting individually with these sentient creatures very often. And I liked seeing it. I especially liked when Goshi said, Jew mammoth, thumbs up.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it's good. Goshi it's good.
0: is all business.
1: But then on the like on the other hand, we get to see how um, Dragon Caesar is really missing Barai like a lot. And it's good. It's,
0: like, very sad. and works so well for me. This episode is such a good mix of, like, sincerity and camp. Yeah. In that, like, this is a episode about the sentient god robot missing the ranger who died. And, mm-hmm. like, it really clicks. The sulking dragon Caesar stuff is good. The scene where he hears you soak and he's like, oh, Brian's back. And then it's just Geki. And then Geki is kind of, like, harsh. Like, I really liked that scene. And I liked yeah. Geki, I think, sort of playing this different side of grief where he's like radical acceptance we've got to move on but he's not really accepting the grief either and dragon caesar is like i'm depressed and don't want to do anything and they both sort of need to like meet in the middle and Mm -hmm. i think it works really well
1: yeah it's interesting because when you think about it because of barai's like role in the series like dragon caesar is the only other like entity to have a relationship with barai that would kind of rival or like be on equal footing as geki Mm -hmm. so it's like if anyone is gonna process grief with geki it's gonna be dragon caesar which is like a really weird thing to say but it's true
0: it's true and it makes so much sense as like barai is gone he passed on his powers and ability to geki and now it's like there's like growing pains for that new
1: yeah the new dynamic era
0: Yeah, yeah yeah dynamic is the right word and i really like it it it's really quite fun and i also kind of like this monster Dora Antaeus Antaeus if you don't know is a villain from the Hercules story he is not a bug and teeter thing he's a wrestler but I think they were taking the this is the part of the Hercules story where Antaeus always wrestles people and as long as he's touching the ground he can't be defeated and Hercules defeats him by holding him in a bear hug and squeezing him to death grim but I think they just took the like can't be defeated and just yeah. ran with that in a completely different direction but I like the idea that this monster can reform itself unless you defeat the heart I think it's cool
1: yeah it's a very transformative take I like it
0: it is like a lot of mecha fighting because Antaeus is giant all the time but like it's different takes on the mecha fighting we see the monster kind of transform and they have to have creative strategies and Geki jumps in the monster's mouth so like all worth it to me
1: Yeah, and I think that's probably why they do that first fight with them in individual Guardian Beast form, which we don't normally see, because otherwise it would just, the episode would have been so repetitive just to see Dyshuzhin over and over and over. So thank you. Yeah creators of Gear ranger for realizing that
0: <laughs> yeah i really want to give it up for the Dijusion suit actor in this episode <laughs> like, oh yeah i think he's having to do a lot and same with dragon caesar they're both mm-hmm. having to do a lot of like character acting inside that suit i think they do very well i would love to put on a megazord suit i just wonder what it feels like
1: i think every time they fall down i'm like that's probably like really really uncomfortable because they can't get up on
0: their own like yeah. there's no way yeah but every time they kick it's so funny yeah <laughs> <laughs> It is. Yeah, I yeah. think uh, my my like dream is getting to walk onto a Sentai set in one of the Megazord suits in the oh. little town and just seeing what that feels like. I bet you can't see anything, but oh, I, I bet, still want to try it. I bet you're
1: totally blind and they're just like calling out things on the set. Turn, turn, lift the sword.
0: Yeah, very talented stunt performers all yeah. over Super Sentai. And then obviously put their footage into power rangers like it's such a good thing to mind because they're really good at what they do
1: yeah and i think that's like really showcased in this episode for sure yeah
0: honestly i don't have like a ton else to say about this episode like i think it works i like the sort of dragon shield as the battleizer for this season I, Mm -hmm. i don't think that had become a motif as much up to this point someone on twitter can correct me and i'll appreciate it but like obviously in current power rangers we're always waiting for the red ranger to get some kind of souped up form but like this being his souped up form has so much pathos and i really like it
1: yeah it's definitely like a proto battleizer i feel like so it works for me into it
0: and i like that gaki jumps inside of a monster and then gets pulled out of the monster by a drill tail good stuff (laughs)
1: Yeah, he. J- I love how he just like jumps in there and he's like, I'll figure it out. I don't know. Like, it- that's like a very, it almost seems kind of out of character for Geki to be so laissez-faire about.
0: Yeah, very Dan.
1: <laughs> yes, very Dan. But,
0: but... you know, Geki's, Geki's all anger and has to get to the point where he can think when he does put on the Dragon Shield, there's this little song. It's really funny. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it's like, it-, <laughs> it really is like, he is down to business. And He's like, I have to save the day because my brother is dead. And like, that's very clear in... This episode. it's But this is the only episode where we get any kind of examination of grief. So I guess we have to right. run with it. And,
0: and as in the only episode of four of them when we get any sort of examination <laughs> of the idea that the Green Ranger is no longer here. Yeah. I'm glad we took the time to do it. Yeah. The next episode, he's not mentioned. But this is maybe one of my favorite episodes of Shoe ranger ever.
1: This episode is so good.
0: It's so good. We have said every time there's a Goshi episode, that Goshi episode slap. He's a great central character and this one is just like real good it's like kind of a romance I yes. don't know if she's supposed to be a teenager but I'm choosing not to pay attention to that
1: I think she is supposed to be of age by Japanese standards which don't think about Are that too close. hard <laughs> yeah Do she not. is wearing
0: a school uniform on the bus that's why I say it but I'm yeah. gonna pretend she's an adult and we're just gonna move in that direction.
1: Very Sailor Moon and Darien kind of vibes. But whatever, whatever.
0: We're moving on. We're moving on. (laughs) But but as a sort of central relationship of this episode, in fact the other four Sentai are barely in it. Mm -mm. Goshi and Saka are such like a cool dynamic. And I also really like Pandora's plan this episode. It's so mean.
1: She just wants to cause widespread depression.
0: She's like, oh, you like that person? Well, now they're gone. How do you like that?
1: Yeah. So this episode is interesting because I I was kind of cognizant of the fact that we're getting towards the end of Ranger. Yes. And the way that this episode ends, not to like skip to it, but it's like Goshi and Sayaka's relationship is like not like complete. Like that interaction is not complete, but it almost feels like they're kind of leaving these like threads for like... Maybe this is how something will end. I don't know. It kind of feels like that.
0: Kind of the, the difference between where we are with Power Rangers and where we are with Sentai is like the the team will move on from this life. And, and I feel like they are sort of planting little seeds of like where they might move on to. Yeah. Kendo is really cool. I think it's a cool, fun thing. I like watching people do it. Mm-hmm. And I, this character is just so compelling. All the fights end up being really fun in part because Sayaka is like in them and doing cool stuff with her kendo sword and then it's a real sword and then someone gets stabbed actually and it's a lot
1: there is so much blood in this
0: episode oh yeah oh yeah when he first gets stabbed by sayaka i thought that we were supposed to think that it went into like his little right. flappy thing on his shoulder her yeah. his like shoulder pad and because i was like it did. because it looked it's very high the yeah. stabbing yeah. and then when the scene moved on i realized he was bleeding i was like Oh, no, she's supposed to have just like stabbed him in the shoulder. That's really intensely violent, even for this show where people get impaled by a big spear all the time.
1: Yeah, but like, that's not we never see this much blood. There's a lot of blood.
0: No, and those are monsters too. But yeah, it's a lot. It catches a sore. It's it's a it's a bloody episode. One of my notes is just blood in all caps.
1: Yeah, yep. Same. I have a note. So much blood. A lot.
0: I like Dora Chimera a lot too. It's another thing like both what Dora Kamara can do, and, like, the monster design is very good. The, like, mm-hmm. goat head on his chest is very cute and looks very soft. I'd like to pet it. I like his little lion head. Like, it's it's a cool monster. It looks yeah. cool. All its different fighting things. It does a lot of kicking because it absorbs a soccer player. There's a part where it has sort of, like, an archery off with May that I also really, really dig.
1: And, like, for as furry as it is, it doesn't look, like, cheap it like is a good quality costume
0: yeah this is a good one i hope that they had it to play with in power rangers um but i don't know if they're ever gonna adapt this one which is really interesting they skip it for now Mm -hmm. i don't know if we're gonna come back to it i feel like they probably skipped it because there's really a relatively small amount of footage of ranger suits or mecha fight for them to use it is mostly goshi as a human and sayaka who it would be hard to edit around
1: yeah, it would be hard. I don't know about it. Probably not. That's a shame
0: because it's a good episode. Yeah, they should just really air good. this episode.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no explanation. Just like here, have this other version.
0: I would be like, what?
1: <laughs> but I think that's all I really have to say about this episode.
0: Uh, there's really the, the, this is like a, it's a good episode. Goshi's very intense. The dynamic with Saika is really good. May's hair is so cute. She has like little like braided like loop things going on. Mm-hmm. It's. A shame that she's not in much of this episode because her hair is so cute. I hope we see that later. The monster has an ice hockey attack.
1: Yeah, that was great. I think it's so funny, like, the different kind of attacks. Like, when he was trying to be that baseball star, he just, like, had this giant, like, big beam. And I'm like, okay, sure, that
0: works. Yeah, everything about this episode, which Goshi is so martially focused, and I feel like all of his feature episodes have had some amount of, like, cool fight energy like this one has really cool fight energy
1: (laughs) yeah for sure it's very dramatic and serious just like goshi
0: yeah i look forward to the sayaka the kendo star and that ninja girl from a few episodes having their spinoff where they're both teaching kids about martial arts and fighting monsters together oh
1: my god yeah
0: it'd be it'd be pretty fun with sayaka's cool boyfriend goshi because he's of age and then mm-hmm. jokes about the ninja girl wanting to marry boy probably which Ooh. is not comfortable but that's where we left that story
1: yeah it's a whole that's a whole other series for them to have
0: it feels like it'd be a shame if they didn't the one really funny thing in this episode to me mm-hmm. is after goshi has broken Saika free from the spell or Saika has broken herself free from the spell she's bandaging him up and she like puts bandages on his hands oh i <laughs> yeah i know what you're gonna say and then when he morphs, the bandages are outside of his glove. Yes. Does not seem very effective. He like holds it up and he's like, these bandages, I'm Goshi Emotions, which perfect. No <laughs> notes. I love Goshi. But it's so funny that it's like, wait, the glove is on the inside? That doesn't feel like it's helping the wounds or yeah. probably bad for the glove.
1: Like his glove is so dirty. I know his glove is dirty because like they never wash these, you know, so it's just like infection waiting to happen.
0: Do you think they get like magically washed when they're not wearing them? I mean, How do the suits work? Let's think too much about that.
1: <laughs> cause it just, that like, that speaks to that it just like comes out of their skin. And then, cause it, he didn't have to untie his bandages, it just like slipped under his bandage. Yeah. Uh, I don't like it anyway.
0: <laughs> it's very silly. It's very silly. This episode's really good though. I think everyone should watch it if you didn't watch along with us, just cause it's a good episode. And it really like, as we have, we have two more quote-unquote fillery episodes of Shoe ranger before we're into, like, the finale. And, like, I'm gonna miss these kids. The the tone, it is sort of, like, soft, but it's soft in a way I like. And Mm -hmm. even the, like, examination of grief in the last episode was soft, but soft in a way I like. I'm gonna miss the show, I think, when we're done with it.
1: Oh, it just occurred to me. Do you think that, like, Goshi is so fixated on Sayaka because, it like, she reminds him of his sister who
0: died for him? I mean, probably. I forgot about that ankle of it. But yeah, I mean, Goshi's got to have, like, a lady warrior thing.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: And he's got to save her because he couldn't save his sister. I'm surprised mm-hmm. I didn't mention mm-hmm. it in the episode, because I think you're absolutely right that that's in the mix.
1: Well, I hope that it's never expanded upon, but, like, I wish it were.
0: Yeah, maybe maybe Saika will be back. Who knows? Yeah, who we'll knows? see. We're approaching the end of the series. We'll figure out what happens to Goshi there. But... Two pretty good episodes of Shoe Ranger. Some silliness in the midst of it, but overall a good time. I think it's time to take a break and talk about Power Rangers because, oh boy, these are fun, silly, goofy guys.
1: It's just a fun time.
0: We'll Okay, it's Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. It's episode 36. Tommy, forget him. He never existed.
1: He, We never mentioned him. He's not in the credits. He's ripped from history pretty much, which is awful. No
0: one no one says where he is. They're doing lots of things. There's a karate contest. Tommy teaches students. You'd think he's he'd be there. there. You'd he's think he'd there. probably join the cleanup club. Rangers only, I guess. He's, he's evaporated into thin air. They don't even throw a line at it.
1: I guess that Kimberly and Tommy's dates didn't go well because she doesn't mention it at
0: all. She's just like keeping her distance because she's like, it went kind of weird. Can we all just like not hang out with Tommy a little bit while we figure stuff out?
1: Yeah. Wow. Anyway, so this episode, the most notable thing for me about it is that this is the first time that the kid of the week has not been totally dubbed over by an adult actor.
0: he's talking and i think so was biff i was like oh i guess they figured out whatever audio issue was making that a thing Mm -hmm. like it helps It make i don't know why this kid is here my like overall thesis of my thing is like why is this a zach episode i don't understand why you looked at this footage and thought what we really need is a zach episode we haven't had a trini or a billy in a while if you were gonna go for someone else and also the footage is pretty red ranger heavy but but
1: they're like whatever
0: it's very weird this karate storyline is very weird Zach is teaching his hip hop keto again and I guess that's part of this competition question, Mark.
1: I guess I mean, it seems very clear when we go to the competition that it's just about sparring. so because like and even when you do like karate competitions, like there are two different sections, just like in band or something there's like solo and there's ensemble. In this mm. there is there's kata and there's sparring and like so I don't really know is he in both? We don't know.
0: It's you just see like the a tournament sparring. structure. The kata has the sort of dance moves. They don't seem super effective. There was one kick in particular that was like a nice dance move that I was like, that's not a very good kick, though. But I don't know. Zach does what Zach does. His kids have normal belts. I feel like I should point out they have appropriately colored belts. They're not all a bunch of seven-year-old black belts.
1: Well, I mean, maybe that's just like Tommy, like his kids are so advanced.
0: Yeah, he teaches the most advanced students, the most <laughs> prodigious, like yeah. him. yeah. And he's off with them at a much more serious martial arts contest.
1: Because he's like, I'm, I'm out of this juice bar situation. I need a new facility. Maybe he's at that karate school that he did the commercial for.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Maybe. Yeah. What do you think is the origin story of Biff?
1: I think, so here's the thing, I realized at the end of the episode, the existence of Biff being, like, a student of Bulk implies that Bulk also has a black belt of some kind.
0: Or Biff's mom or dad is just very stupid.
1: (laughs) I don't know. both are
0: possible. Bulk and Skull, we say it all the time, very capable, surprisingly. Mm -hmm. And if, like, Bulk decided, I want to find a kid to win this karate competition and found a very talented kid. He's a talent scout. Hmm. There's like weird references to cheating that I don't really understand. I thought it was going to come back. I guess it sort of comebacks at the end of the episode because Bulk seems to imply that he taught Biff how to cheat and Biff didn't do it. I don't actually know how you would cheat in this kind of competition.
1: Right. And like Zach immediately dismisses it. Like if they cheat, they'll be disqualified. And I'm like, well sure
0: it just feels like someone had to say that because it's bulk and skull because otherwise we're just sitting in like bulk and skull found this really talented karate kid that they've been helping train and it seems to be going pretty well
1: yeah he seems to be pretty talented <laughs> yeah but I then don't
0: know. this kid storyline which i don't care about to be clear i think it's pretty boring forget it because we're into the monster story and that stuff might as well not exist <laughs>
1: Okay, but so the thing about this episode, I actually really liked it. I thought it was really solid of an episode because they didn't try to make the weird kid story that they they chose to do, like, feed into the, the monster of the week. I think a lot of times Power Rangers has this problem where they have, like, this very zany, unmorphed, like, normal life story that they're just like, yeah, we're going to do this for some reason. And then they try to feed it directly into the Monster of the Week story. And that's when things get really annoying. Because it's just like, Mm -hmm. why? But this is, like, it's divorced from it. It's really just a story that, like, Zach couldn't be there when he said he was going to be there. But, like, it's okay because Cameron believed in himself. Like, okay, that's fine. At least those two things don't actually affect each other. Yeah. (laughs) Like, they're not trying to fit uh, a, a square peg into a circle hole. You know what I mean? Yeah
0: they're like, these are different. The only thing is that Zach is missing this because he's not there. And that's not really going to be a thing either. Just get on board. Yeah, It is like, I guess I will take clear division over obvious tension, which is what we normally get.
1: Yeah, that's why I liked it. (laughs) I
0: will say, I think a lot of the monster part of this episode is silly. So Zordon tells them right away, this thing has a Cardiotron, Mm -hmm. ultra advanced computer thing. Kind of looks like a heart cardio, you get it. And you have to destroy it before you destroy the monster. The team seems to instantly forget he said this.
1: <laughs> they're just like, whatever. Let's blow it up like we normally do.
0: And they did. And then they're like, wait, it's fine. And then he's like, no, you fucking moron. This is <laughs> how I imagine Zoran thinking. Like, I told you that there was a Cardiatron. You didn't listen to me. Yeah, It's yeah. silly. It's silly. But I mean, it's Power Rangers. And then the Rita is just like, oh, I can do a spell on the Dragon Zoran. And it's like... It, you you can? Why have you not?
1: <laughs> yeah. And it's funny because we see that scene of her casting that spell, which in like, in Zero Ranger, it's Dragon Caesar like moping. Like he's sad and he's missing Mirai. In Power Rangers, it just gives the impression that like Dragon Caesar is just free range. She's just free just roaming. Just
0: running around, just doing his thing. They very specifically in Geo Ranger, Bandora says, because he is so sad, yeah, I can emotionally manipulate him with this spell. That is not what is said in Power Rangers. It's just like Rita being like, "Oh yeah, I have that spell I can do." This is, there's been a lot of <laughs> Rita thinking, "Oh yeah, I can do that," and it's like, "What you gotta you gotta remember all the tools in your toolkit, my guy."
1: Yeah, I guess she's just like once you get so powerful, you like start to forget what you can do.
0: And there really like is no effort to explain anything that's happening here the monster reforms it has the plate on its chest from where Mm -hmm. they stabbed it before the 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 blow hit it before and destroyed it and in zhu ranger there's a shot where they zoom in on it because there's a line where someone's like oh that's where we hit him he's stronger than he was before the zoom is still there purposeless yeah no idea what it's doing there it we're not going to explain anything this episode buckle in turn off your brain yeah action
1: and I think that's fine. I think Power Rangers is worse when they try to explain shit.
0: For me, we have we have gone to, like, too little explanation. Uh, I think okay. that there's, like, a there's two degrees more towards explain that I need. I need, like, hand-wavy explanations. We don't even wave the hand. They don't bother.
1: They're just like, never mind. Don't look. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. It makes We sense.
0: talked... When the series first started, about how Goldar's voice wasn't quite what we remembered. Mm -hmm. Like, it's a little more, like, sinister and less, like, more like, ugh. And, like, it feels like it's on the road to where we remember it being, where he's a sillier character later on.
1: It's happening. Also, we see that same shot of Goldar waving a sword for, like, the millionth time. He's screaming and waving a sword.
0: They just use it all the time because Goldar is, like, the only one they want to use because he doesn't have a real human face. And, like, I don't know, fuck Finster. But it I'm kinda sick of his bullshit.
1: He doesn't really like do anything anymore.
0: Yeah, like show up in the fight or stop talking at me.
1: Yeah. I remember like cause by the end of like Power Ranger, like Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, like by late series, Goldar is totally inept
0: comic relief for a long time for many seasons
1: (laughs) yeah and it's like like in pokemon with team rocket like team rocket at the very beginning it's like ooh, they're kind of like serious and then like very quickly they become comic relief i thought that goldar would become comic relief like that fast but now it's just dragging on so long that it's just like okay like let it go he's not like a serious contender (laughs)
0: Right. Like, are is not comic relief. Yes. So, although Griffithsar is kind of funny, but in a different way. And, yeah. like, because that's the footage we have, we still have scary Goldar. But then I think once Goldar disappears from this anti-footage, his character just really changes. I expect to see this really a little bit in Shu jiu and a lot of it in Mighty Morphin Season 2.
1: Yeah, I agree. I agree. I hope so anyway. Otherwise, like, what the hell?
0: Billy talks about the Dragon Sword's mega-receptors. Billy has a lot of lines in these two episodes. Um, We talked last episode about how Billy and Trini, to an extent, seem to have disappeared. And we get a little bit of Billy and Trini back now that Tommy is, I don't know, somewhere, has stopped existing. And I'm not mad about that. It's nice to see Billy and Trini again.
1: Yeah. It's nice to see that they have personalities.
0: Even if Billy's saying things like, the mega-receptors of the Dragon Sword have been blocked by Rita's magic or whatever.
1: I missed that.
0: I just liked the phrase mega receptors. Yeah. Anyway, karate competition. Biff doesn't cheat. We, we just get right back on that story. I love when he's like, Cameron, I'm sorry I left. And Cameron's like, it's okay. There's no conflict here. I'm just going to do karate now.
1: It, it it kind of like the way he says it, though, it makes it seem like Cameron has been let down a lot. Like, he's just like, you know what? It's fine. My parents aren't here either. So whatever.
0: I worry about his home life so much. <laughs> Prayers for Cameron. The episode basically just ends. Mm -hmm. Biff turns on Balkan Skull, which is rude. They did so much for you, kid. Did they? I don't know.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It seems like they didn't because it seems like all that they did was teach him a move that would have may have been illegal. And then Biff was like, I'm not going to use that because I'll get disqualified. It was
0: stabbing the other kid.
1: (laughs) (laughs) He's like, they gave him a ship and they were like, make it work.
0: But he's, he's not nice. I guess they maybe also helped him enter. I don't know. I don't know. What's Biff's origin story? Who is Biff?
1: I mean, we'll never know.
0: We'll never know. No. This episode is very silly, but it is a great, like, click. Ah, gonna let this wash over me. Yeah. Just vibe on out.
1: I don't, there's nothing about it that is awful, you know? like No. It, it all kind of makes sense.
0: It's disjointed, but I don't know that it's more disjointed than any average Power Rangers episode, even the good ones.
1: I think- It's like, at least it's clean.
0: It is clean. It is clean. That's true. You know what's not clean? The earth.
1: Which brings us to our next episode.
0: (laughs) It is always fun to go back and realize the way that people talked about environmentalism in the 90s. Yeah. Because like, climate change was already a thing, but no one talked about it. And like, because of a very specific intentional distraction scheme, a lot of it around recycling, which like, not to blow your mind if you didn't know this listener, but like, most things you put in a recycling bin don't actually get recycled not to say you shouldn't do it but anyway
1: it's like pretty pointless. intentional
0: distraction like that it's all about littering and yeah. and not about the air about the ground and the, the water does matter but even not like only like wink wink about the water anyway this episode lives so much in that 90s environmentalism it is so funny to me
1: yeah, it's very much like it's because there's all this trash and that's why we have a problem. Although in Trini's video project at like video thing, she does say like it's because of industry expanding, but there's no real like elaboration on that. As the and like there really shouldn't be. I mean, this is a program for children who are like ages four to ten so that's kind of like a weird thing to put in a 10 year old program you know what i mean
0: yeah yeah there's it's all sort of about like dumping waste though yeah which apparently people in angel grove do at frankly insane levels
1: Like, I guess they just, like, undo newspapers and then page by page just, like, stream them about. That's basically... Throw them
0: around the park because who cares? It's Angel Grove. (laughs) I will say, Angel Grove seems, like, relatively wealthy. I do not believe Angel Grove is particularly polluted.
1: No, not at all.
0: I also don't believe that half of those animals in Trini's video live in Southern California altogether.
1: Well, no, I don't... You know, Trini's video... I want to say, like, she got stock footage, but, like, that would imply that she was able to get stock foot. Like, I don't know. I don't know how she got that footage. I don't
0: know how she did it. But it's a very diverse presentation. Her voiceover is effective. Ms. Appleby is very moved. And then I like that she's like, I want to form a cleanup club. And just the Rangers agree to do it. And no one else gives a shit.
1: Everyone else is like, there's Trini again, going hard for nothing doesn't matter. Environmentalism
0: has been part of her character in the past. She was yeah. trying to shut down. In one of the very early episodes, there was that toxic waste dump or mm-hmm. something.
1: She's really into the environment. She's so cool.
0: Anyway, recycling's good. <laughs> they go to clean up trash and they make it look oh so fun. Billy. <laughs> they show up in the park. It's disgusting. I don't know why. Billy, like, picks up a piece of grass and is like, I'm going to do a soil sample. And it's like, yeah, this is so polluted. (laughs) It's like, what in the hell are you talking
1: about? (laughs) I have in all caps, what kind of field test is Billy doing?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Like, it's like pollution is like a positive or negative thing. You can just, like, walk out and, and examine and be like, yep, polluted or nope, not polluted. Not like I'm checking some chemical level. Yeah. And he could have easily said in Billy E's, the chemicals on these grass are so wrong. The trash is seeping in. And then we would have been like, okay, sure. But it's like, so silly. (laughs) The soil sample test is like instantaneous.
1: It's like this neon green liquid. It's like, (laughs) like it's radioactive.
0: And then they clean up everything. And we see in this montage of them doing a bunch of flips to throw trash in bags. Mm -hmm. Billy do another soil sample and be like, guess what? (laughs) No longer polluted. (laughs)
1: The funniest thing is, like, when Billy does his, like, first, like, soil sample, in quotes, like, afterwards, Zach's like, and it stinks, too. And I'm like, what? Like, the trash is literally just, like, newspaper pages and, like, soda bottles. Like, what is stinking?
0: True, to a truly disgusting degree, but yes. yes. Yeah.
1: Like, it's not like it's a bunch of, like, rotting food or anything. Like, I, you know, I don't know. But, and honestly, rotting food would probably be good for the soil. I don't know, man.
0: It's so unclear how things have gotten this way. After they're done cleaning up, Kimberly says a line that was so insane that I actually had to, like, put on subtitles and go back to make sure I understood the words that were coming out of her mouth. Uh Uh-huh. She describes cleaning up the trash as totally far out and funky down the drain.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. She certainly does say that.
0: And she says it with great gusto.
1: But also very quickly, like she just wants to get it
0: over with. (laughs) Far out, I remember being a 90s saying, funky certainly had its moment. Funky down the drain, I don't know if that's a thing I'd ever heard in my life. Mm -mm. No. But now I have.
1: Oh, but is this the park cleanup sequence? Was that before or after they started cleaning up in the juice bar? Like they do their little karate... Can they smashes. do karate
0: before this i okay. just got distracted thinking about billy but yeah they are having a fun time cleaning up in the in the juice bar too
1: i i did really actually enjoy the moment of the boys like of zach and jason doing that karate can smash thing because like it was the only time they were ever allowed to like look like high schoolers
0: yeah they were like teen boys
1: <laughs> yeah it was nice
0: i put in my notes that jason's having a silly one and i'm happy for him yeah <laughs> He's having a good time with his buddy, Zach, cleaning up the environment.
1: Yeah, they're having a good time. I like Who's it. Who's
0: Tommy? I don't know him. So now I think we should pivot and talk about Bulk and Skull. Okay. The Bulk and Skull story in this episode is so funny to me, while also being really dumb. Because all it is, is just like a series of setups where Bulk falls down. I can't, like, however much you think, based on the synopsis, Bulk falls down in this episode. It's more. Times five, at least. Yeah. Like, it, he falls down so much
1: does he have an inner ear issue
0: I'm worried about him
1: he's constantly falling and then he can't get up it seems
0: the the framing of this video is it's called bulk the world's greatest guy mm-hmm. and it seems to just be skull following around bulk filming him doing great things and talking about his life I think it is so funny every time bulk is like I'm going to pretend that I cleaned up this trash I It just makes me laugh because his, like, little, like, I love cleaning up trash thing is very goofy. There's this weird moment where he's, like, Ernie, film us working out. And then when we circle back to what they were doing, it's so outrageous. It's just
1: goofy stuff. Also, like, Ernie's incredulousness of, like, them being able to just, like, work out normally. Like, he's already, like, that's not going to be a normal sequence.
0: And he's right. (laughs) I mean, he's right. Yeah. They're very silly. And the video is also very silly.
1: Yeah, I was so excited that we finally got to see like the final product.
0: Skull has ideas. He has mm-hmm. perspective. I think people need to allow Skull to say, it, it, honestly, quite a bit of editing work to achieve the product he achieved.
1: Yeah, I mean, Skull is an artist. There, I don't think that can be argued.
0: I think he needs some training. I think he mm-hmm. needs some direction, but I really think he has promise.
1: Yeah, it's it's really interesting what he was able to come up with all that footage.
0: I don't know why he decided to edit it so that it sounded like Bulk was saying stupid, mean things. But, you know, he, I can't, his mind isn't available to me.
1: I think it's the irony, you know, both being the greatest guy, being the title, and then he just says all these mean things. It's like, Mm. it's about the irony of celebrity, I guess. It's really
0: also about pollution and the sort of performative nature of saying, like, I'm helping when you're actually doing such minor things. Wow. It's about your carbon
1: footprint and how much it doesn't matter on an individual level.
0: Let's talk about (laughs) political
1: Oh my god. First of all, great name. Polluticorn. Great name.
0: I feel like this whole episode had to have started with the name. It was a unicorn and they were yeah. like, what's well, your unicorn? I do Polluticorn. And someone was like, yes, <laughs> yes. And then the whole <laughs> recycling story ended up happening. Absolutely. I don't understand what Polluticorn does. He just fights. He like flies around. And pollutes. His horn keeps glowing for some purpose. I guess it's just shooting out pollution molecules.
1: Yeah. Greenhouse gases.
0: Oh, Yeah. I don't know if we're supposed to believe that the insane amounts of trash are the result of corn, or
1: no? or yeah, Angel that's...
0: Grove is just an insane place.
1: Yeah, that's not really clear. Like, I think he's not, like, generating trash. He's polluting, but we don't see him. We don't see an effort of them trying to, like, connect those things.
0: It's very weird. Mm-hmm. It's very strong. I am <laughs> so curious to see how not about any of this, even a little bit, the Ranger episode is, because, like... The scenes are very weird. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
1: Yes, they are very weird. So this, I feel like preemptively, like this is something where they just were like, okay, let's totally gut the storyline. Whatever the storyline is, let's gut it. Because we're just going to use the fight scenes. And then they came up with everything else.
0: And it doesn't not work. Like all the fights are pretty functional. Yeah. I like, you know, he's destroying a recycling plant that in one line they call a power plant. Which if he was destroying that, they should let him. But <laughs> it's very silly. My favorite part is when he's like fighting Jason. He's like, now I've got you. Oh, wait, I was in the middle of destroying this recycling plant. Yeah. <laughs> We've all done that where we get distracted by a task and we're like, you know what, I've really got to finish this other task.
1: Yeah, I mean, I do that all the time, but like, it's not destruction of various power plants. I feel like that's something you got to see through.
0: Yeah, you can't leave that half done.
1: Mm-mm.
0: But then, we're, then we're what, half recycling?
1: I don't even know what that means.
0: No one does. No one knows what recycling means in this show. No. We get a lot of unmorphed fight in this episode against Putties.
1: I thought it was a great fight.
0: It's a great fight. It's a great fight. They all feel really specific. You know, they never feel like themselves when they're in their suits because those are different characters. But like, it was kind of cool to like see them being themselves in the fight. There's one moment where like, Kimberly drops into a split to um, avoid an (laughs) attack. Loved that. They like make a little pyramid for some reason. It's all great. I love this fight. More unmoored fights.
1: It was so well choreographed too. Like, you know, I think a lot of the unmoored fights, it's like you can be, it's really clear that. They're just like coming up with that choreography, and then they're like, Yeah, that works. But like this one, it seems like they actually took the time to kind of run through a routine.
0: Yeah, I'm curious where we're at in like the production world. I know they went back to some of these later season episodes after it premiered. Yeah. Mostly, I think, to make it not as much of an ending as it originally was. But like, this feels really intentional in a way none of the other production has. Yes. And like, I'm just, I'm curious if maybe this was added later or if this was like, or if they just realized at this point they were starting to do, I don't know, test screenings and something. And we're like, oh, we might have something like, and and we're putting a little more intention into stuff because it like, it just feels, I'm thinking of like the, the unmorphed putty fights we've seen in the past where it was a lot of like slow motion weirdness.
1: Yeah, and a lot of, like, repeated shots or, like, different angle shots or, like, slow-mo. Like, there's none of that here. Like, they're not trying to drag this out. This, like, every single shot is its own thing. And it feels and it really works. good. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. This was a great little fight. Not a good fight is the Megazord section of this yeah, episode. No. It is It is the thing Natalie hates where
1: mm-hmm.
0: you the Megazord comes out and is like, this might as well be over.
1: That's the episode.
0: (laughs) Except for there's still five minutes and several scenes after the magazine. Which...
1: I'm fine with that because that's the thing like I think that's my biggest thing about that when it gets to the Megazord and then at the end we just have a little like tag at the end and that's it but like having a little chunk of like actual narrative episode afterwards. Yeah there's still a
0: a whole nother commercial break. There's a scene a commercial break and another scene before the episode ends after Polluticorn's been destroyed during which they're stacking all the recyclables in the middle of the youth center. What do you think they're doing?
1: I, you know, I saw that pyramid of cans and I was like, that's not going to be standing for very long.
0: Yeah, it's like Bulk's going into that. I know that. He's I know going that.
1: into that for sure. I guess they're counting it. And then because at the end, they're like, this is how many we recycled, which like, no, it's still there. You haven't done it yet. I do like the line that Zach says where he's like, with this many papers, we've just saved a Redwood. It's like, I don't know. I don't think not so. Really. paper
0: recycling is more effective than some other forms Aluminum's also pretty effective but uh, it is like it, it's so weird to like see them just stack. It's like this is not a good way like you have to transport this to the recycling mm-hmm. plant you were just it's at like... like this isn't an efficient way to put these things while you're doing that
1: right it's like why did you take it out of the bags like if anything they should be like weighing it like in big bags like that would make sense to me but they're stacking it up just so it can be knocked down like that's literally it
0: very long news segment. It's fun. It's fun. Angel Crow feels so alive in this episode. It's filthy, disgusting, alive place.
1: It's good. It's, it's weird. Good. And then
0: the video. Ah, ah, Mrs. Appleby's great. What a fun episode.
1: Yeah. And I, oh, I love seeing Miss Appleby again. I'm like, wow, there's some continuity with the teacher. Although, what is this? Like, she did the Your Favorite Hobby project. Right. I think she's
0: an English teacher.
1: Right. But like grammar specifically. Question marks. Why do we have them?
0: My like high school freshman comp class, we had to make a movie. I don't know what it had to do with anything.
1: Hmm. Yeah. It was
0: like a lot of work. I actually kind of hated it. Huh. And I'm now like in the film industry.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But not like on that side of things. So it's okay.
0: (laughs) Yeah. It just, I I just didn't enjoy that project at all. And it felt like asking us to do like an insane amount of effort for like, why? I don't know.
1: (laughs) And yet, here. none of are. them were
0: good none of them were like really fun either it was just yeah don't make high schoolers make videos but now like i probably making videos is much easier for students and makes more sense and they have access to better tools to do it but this was the aughts and we had access to like mini dvds and yeah early stage iMovie or yeah it wasn't fun
1: Right. I think, like, video editing is much more... Like, as we were digital natives with, like, how Microsoft works, I think the generation that's in high school now is, like, a digital native in terms of, like, video timing and framing. Like, that's more of how they communicate.
0: Yeah. Fun episodes, Um, huh?
1: So, I I really enjoyed them. Like, like the Power Ranger episodes, like, there was nothing reprehensible about them to me. Which, it's been so long.
0: Yeah, I... I have really radically accepted that this is a place where logic goes to die and that there's nothing to be gained in trying to bring the idea of logic or causal reality to these episodes. No. And so I think the combination of having accepted that and like in the grand scheme of things, not that bonkers, there's like bonkers moments, I, w- I just was able to sort of enjoy the ride and have a good time. Yeah, and I think that's
1: how you should feel. Like, it's yeah. bad when we watch an episode of Power Rangers and we have like nothing but like, oh, this could have been done so much differently, blah, 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 blah to say like, we really shouldn't have that to say. It should just be able to wash over us. And we're like, yeah, okay, whatever.
0: Yeah. And it was nice, like, because Tommy has popped out of existence. It really felt like all five of the other characters were alive again. And I liked that. Speaking yeah. of, who's your favorite Ranger and or Sentai this episode?
1: Favorite. Koshi, obviously.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. Do you want to say more about Goshi? Do you need no. to say more about how I incredible, it's incredible pretty, that Goshi I, was?
1: It's, no, I think it's pretty clear.
0: I'm going to say Billy. Okay. Mostly because he said the words mega receptors. He did silly things. There's a part of this episode with the polluticorn where he's like printing out a report of the battle. So much paper. Oh, yeah. What about the environment? I don't know. <laughs> um, but then he's like, he's like, oh, its power comes from its horn, which we've already seen glowing, and I'm not sure why that's relevant. It's great. I like that. I like <laughs> billy is here he is doing dumb nerd stuff again and i'm here for it
1: he reads literally like a paragraph of that like like 20 foot paper
0: yeah the rest of it is they accidentally printed alpha's erotic fan fiction he's been working on
1: maybe that's like what they zoomed in on and like billy's face is like oh oh no
0: oh god i can't read this let me just say something that sounds (laughs) real
1: it's like, I already realized that this is the case, so I'll just say this instead of outing Alpha as a freak.
0: I like a real freak. It was real <laughs> freaky stuff. Don't worry, yeah. though. It wasn't about the teenagers. Alpha's no, not that kind of freak. it
1: was other alien stuff, whatever.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it was his his Goldar Scorpina fanfiction. Oh my
1: gosh. <laughs> he ships it. Anyway.
0: <laughs> thanks for coming along with us on another episode. We have one more episode, like we said, of Ranger Filler next episode we are going to be talking about zoo rangers episode 45 and 46 and then we have one episode of power rangers to do which is my name from power rangers 38 mm-hmm. so i think what the other thing we'll do with this episode is have another fun edition of two truths and a lie and i have a little uh a little fun exciting twist on the game to Ooh. celebrate the season so look forward to that
1: i'm excited i love that game
0: it'll be it'll be fun and it'll be A little different, but in a good way. Okay, cool. Follow us on social media, Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram is Twitter. going to still be alive, who knows? But you can find us on Tumblr and Instagram, if not. And you can always reach out to us via email at teachmesentai at gmail.com. Rate and review the show. That's all the business. You gotta say it.
1: Yeah. All right. Here we go. The last question. If you were given a more for today, John, what color ranger would you be?
0: You know, I I was just looking down at my clothes, which of course I obviously didn't think about this today because I never do. I'm wearing a green shirt and black pants and I was just remembering our recent episode on the color taxonomy so that I could think, does this feel more Green Ranger vibe or Black Ranger vibe? Mm-hmm. And I think it is definitely more Green Ranger vibe. There's there's some like casual silliness to what I'm wearing. What about you?
1: You know that's really funny because I'm wearing a black shirt and green pants.
0: <gasps> wow. But so, what's the vibe?
1: I I think it's Green Ranger pants. Like, yeah I think I'm Green Ranger. I think we're both green I don't pants think so. a black
0: ranger would ever wear green pants. <laughs>
1: no. Purple maybe. But, oh yeah absolutely. But not not green so i think we're ironically fittingly actually i think we're both green rangers today
0: for some silly goofy guy of episodes we're being the silly goofy guys ourselves. yeah i love it well let us know what you are in on social media and until next time may the power protect you bye Teach Me Sentai is produced and hosted by Natalie Bridgman and John McDonough. Our incredible music is by Christopher Bridgman and our wonderful podcast art is by Yvonne 14. You can find their work on Twitter at E-A-V-O-N 14 or on Instagram at Yvonne.14.art. You can support the show by going to patreon.com slash sentai, and new episodes come out every other Thursday wherever you get your podcasts.